0: glory hallelujah hallelujah well we praise the lord today good to be in his house it's been a good good week good weekend we had a good work day around here yesterday got rid of a, a lot of we was laying aside waiting sin yes we was throwing it away we was getting away getting rid of stuff yesterday uh got rid of a lot of junk it had just been accumulating and so we get too sentimental about stuff, and we want to hang on to it, and it just sits up there, out of sight, out of mind. So we started, I said, don't be be brutal, and just don't be sentimental. If, if we hadn't used it, just throw it away. Just get rid of it. So uh, I don't think we threw nobody's stuff away. So uh, if we did, sorry. Didn't mean, didn't mean to. Didn't mean to. Anyhow, we're start a new series today, uh, last series for this, uh, this um curriculum here. and uh, Where's Dan? Anybody know who Dan is? Well, that's the name of the series. And if you don't know who Dan is, Dan is one of Jacob's children, one of the twelve tribes of Israel. And we're going to follow uh, Dan's life and learn some things from uh, his purpose that he had. The, the theme for this uh, series is that the tale of the tribe of Dan would encourage us to follow God's plan and purpose for our life. And today we will talk about Dan's purpose in Genesis forty-nine sixteen through 18. Um, we find where Jacob is at the end of his life and he is speaking to each one of his sons in turn and these are the words that he says to Dan. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way. That doesn't mean Dan's evil, but it means that the way he will react in situations he will be very subtle. An adder in the path that biteth the horse's heels so that his rider shall fall backward. And then Jacob finished with, "I have waited for thy salvation." Oh Lord, and So we're going to talk about Dan's purpose. And just like God did with Dan, God has established us for a purpose. We talked about some of that. We just kind of touched on, touched on that Wednesday night about us having purpose and God doing things in our life on purpose. So we're going to learn some lessons from the tribe of Dan these next few weeks. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you today, God, that you have created us to fulfill your will, fulfill your purpose. We ask you today, Lord, bless us now to receive this word. Lord, let it encourage us, instruct us, or that we can be better and be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and praise as you're seated. good to us. Whenever you're reading scripture, especially Old Testament, because a lot of people like to say well the Old Testament the Old Testament don't really apply to us today but it does Um, it was given to us a few scriptures back that up that all scripture, that means uh, Old Testament when you see New Testament writers referring to scripture, they're talking about Old Testament, they're not talking about the gospels, they hadn't been written yet they were talking about uh, what God said to his people and that it would always be uh, able to be applied to us. Uh, First Corinthians, uh, Paul said this to the church when referring to Israel's past, he said, now all these things happened unto them for an example. Uh, and they are written for our instruction or our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So he said, for those of us who are now living in this last age, we can look back And we can see examples of what God did, what his people did, what they shouldn't have done. All the things, good or bad, written, they were examples and written for our instruction. We can learn uh, what to do or what not to do. It's good to have examples. You know, sometimes people can tell you something, but it's like, if you show me an example, I'll get it. And it's uh, so, a lot of times we're not so good at just what we hear but if we read and see and understand this is how it works this is what god will do god is very um he, he sticks to his word and and so we live by that word and we see that what happens in the word will uh, it'll come to pass there's nothing new under the sun and so we may see some things we've never seen before but it's not nothing that had not already happened it's things that are, are coming on the world when we go back to dan Uh, Again, he is one of Jacob's sons, but he was not the firstborn. Uh, Actually, uh, I believe he was number eight, if I get that right. I know that uh, just to get a little history, you know that Jacob had went and worked for Laban under the pretense of marrying Rachel. So he worked seven years for Rachel, Laban's youngest daughter, uh, to marry her. But when it is time for the wedding... Laban deceives Jacob and uh, Leah cuts in line and when he he says and in the morning it was Leah so there's a big surprise for everybody well so he goes he's upset about it but he says well fulfill her week then I'll let you marry my younger daughter Rachel also uh, and you'll work for me seven more years and he gladly does it because uh, he is in love with Rachel But uh, as wives, sister wives, in this, I guess, uh, this love triangle that we we have going on here, uh, Rachel is not able to uh, do something that Leah is able to do, and that is have children. And Leah begins to produce children. And Leah, I don't know what what Laban said to her, how she got connived into this, how he said, look, I can't keep you around here so you're going to marry this guy and that's how it is or did he go and lie and say Jacob really told me that he likes you too and I don't know how she agreed to this but somehow she winds up in it but she begins having children and she believes that children will cause Jacob to love her and so uh, after she has actually uh, she had six sons one daughter before Rachel had one so uh, but when her fourth child is born, when Judah is born, uh, it's almost too much now for Rachel to take. Rachel is distraught, and she comes and catches Jacob coming out of the fields and is like, give me children or I'm going to die. And so Jacob gets upset at that. He says, am I in God's stead who has withheld uh, you from bearing? It's not. That's not in my hands. I can't do anything about that. So she is so distraught over that that she comes up with a plan and she takes her handmaiden Bilhah and gives her to Jacob to wife she says have uh, let her have children in my stead and it'll be just like uh, me having children and here's the thing if you if you read over that quick you don't really pay attention Bilhah is just essentially a surrogate mother she's not going to have anything to do with this child she didn't even name this child. When she gave birth to, to, to Dan, Dan is born. Rachel takes Dan, and Rachel names Dan. And, you know, we don't even know that Bilhah wanted to marry Jacob or that she had any say in it. It certainly didn't say it was God's plan. This was all Rachel. You know, we think about Rachel. We think, well, she's the one who got jilted at the beginning, so she's you know, really got a raw deal. But, you know, Rachel's a lot like her dad, and she's a lot like her husband. Because she's sneaky too, and she'll just do whatever she's got to do to get her way. And so she said, "I'm going to have children. So come on, Bill, how are you about to marry this man, and, and y'all going to make some children? They're going to be my kids, and it's going to set things right. I mean, you know, she she even stole her father's idols when they left, and then hid them, lied about having them. You know, just well, it's family is. Uh, I mean, whew, boy, they tell a story in a minute." It, it, to get what they want, but we, we, we get to this, we, now we get to the birth of Dan, and and when uh, Dan is born, uh, we find that, again, that Rachel took the liberty of, of naming this child, and uh, it, this, is, this child is born in the middle of a tug-of-war between two sisters, who's going to have Jacob as their husband, I'm sure, I don't know what Leah thought, or what was it, wouldn't you like to hear the conversations that are not written down? Uh, when she found out that now Jacob has another wife, but uh, he's born in the midst of this rivalry and this uh, competing for the affections of Jacob, and uh, with all this going on, I mean this this is a mess. This family is dysfunctional. If you've ever thought, "Man, my family is a mess," well, come on, because. All this, God still reached into this family's life and had purpose for this family's life and used them to teach lessons about people's purpose and people's value. Dan's birth was actually something much greater than just the upstaging of his mother's chief rival, Leah. His life had purpose, and his purpose was revealed in his name. Uh, Whenever they named kids back then, they uh, would give them names according to what either was going on at that very moment, what had happened, you know, when Ichabod was named, you know, it was uh, when the glory had departed and they learned that her husband was gone and her father-in-law had died and the ark was departed. They would just, they they just kept these names on a Rolodex, I guess, and if if it was sunny weather, you was going to get a good name, but if it was storming, you was going to be stuck with something uh, the rest of your life. But uh, when, She held uh, Rachel Gets Dan in her arms. This is what she says in Genesis 30 and 6. This is how she uh, names Dan. Rachel said, God hath judged me and hath also heard my voice and hath given me a son. And therefore she called his name Dan, that is, judging. And so um, the name means a judge or God hath judged me. So when Rachel chose that name for this child, she was thinking that God was setting things right for her. That he, This is her own personal vindication and the seeming victory that she had won against Leah. This was, she's so caught up in herself that she names him, believing God has given me a son, but it's not her son. Right. But except for the fact that she claims him, it's not her son. Her husband which is he had this child by another wife, but she still says, he has given me this son. And so it seems to Rachel as if the Almighty had judged the situation, decided in her favor, but she did not understand the full scope of what she had said and realized that this name was connected to Dan's purpose and it was connected to God's judgment and justice, and it would follow Dan through his life even into his unborn Ancestors that would uh, would later come along, and that 's the way it is sometimes in our life we don 't understand what or the full importance of just an everyday experience. sometimes we go through things and, and our the only thing we could go is why why did that happen? why was i or or even our past? Why did I have to do that? Why did that have to be part of my past Have you ever done that though why couldn't why could i couldn't I bypass that? Why did that have to be my life why couldn't I just you ever said if you weren't raised in church, you ever said I wish I'd have been just raised in church? Yeah, sure, I did. I've said it before sometimes, but then I realized that uh, everything I went through was for a reason, and that even with the negative things uh, that happened in my life, uh, God uh, still orders steps and God still takes care of people. So uh, we learn lessons from our less imperfect lives or past lives. We learn lessons and we learn how to live and we realize that things that were negative in my past do not prevent my future. Uh, Rachel, now, she, she misread the meaning of Dan's birth to some degree, but she did understand there are two important facts that she knew about God because we see what God does after this. Uh, God does hear the cries of those who are in need and he is a just God who does what is right. Does what is right. And later, um, after uh, finally, uh, when Leah had had six sons and then had the last daughter Dinah, finally uh, she gives birth to Joseph. So God does uh, remember her and, and gives her children of her own. But in this, we can see that um, even though uh, Rachel had deep character flaws, Like I said, we we want to look at her as like, well, she got a raw deal because she was expecting to marry the love of her life. And we know that Jacob loved her more than he loved Leah. It says it in the scripture. But uh, then she, you know, her sister got, you know, she jumped the line. And and now she's the second wife instead of the first wife. And she's not having children. But, But she had deep character flaws and her family was was uh, full of relationship chaos. It was just, uh, you know, the relationship between her and her, her dad, uh, even Leah and her dad, The dad was just like, hey, whatever's best for me, I get a guy who can work for 14 years and then take these girls off my hand, yeah, whatever. You know, he's just, he's out for himself. He, his flocks are increasing. He knows that he's being blessed by the hand of uh, Jacob, and he wants to keep him around. If he'd had a third daughter, well... <laughs> So, yeah, that's the way way he was. But even with all that was going on with this family and in that life, it did not scare God away. He did not say, too much mess here. I can't work with it. I can do something. So we can rest assured that God's justice eventually will prevail, even in our story, if not here, but it will there. God's going to make sure that we're going to be taken care of. And we may not have a perfect family. I mean, who does? Come on, it's no, nobody has the perfect family. You have a, you love your family, but you know your your family is not perfect. That nobody's family is. There's stuff everywhere. We not, uh, you know, we don't all have the, the white picket fence and the, uh, you know, flower garden in the yard. It's, it's not all just sunshine all the time. It's, uh, but God, with all our mess, He can still weave, uh, take the the worst, roughest strands of our existence and make something beautiful out of it. Change it into something that's great. And so the lessons that we learn while we deal with our own dysfunction uh, may later become our ministry. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, the ministry areas they go into are completely, uh, that choice is completely affected by, by things that happened to them in their past people that uh, a lot of people that have spent time breaking the law, being locked up, things like that, they may go into prison ministry because they know how prisoners feel how they people that have had substance abuse work well with those that have substance abuse issues, mental health issues different things you know uh, all kinds of things divorce or, or whatever chaos has happened in our life. we find that uh, God has actually uh, not punished us but equipped us, and when we came through. Uh, we we are actually, yeah. We, we we may bear the scars of what we went through, but we are uh, we're not damaged goods. Look, uh, you know, th- there's a difference between having a scar and being da- damaged goods. We're not damaged goods anymore. We are made new in Him. All things are made new. Old things are passed away. Uh, and uh, listen, when you would have seen Jesus on the cross, you would have said, "My." he's damaged. Look at that. You can't even recognize him. That's what the scripture said. He was unrecognizable by the damage he had been inflicted in. But when he rose from the dead, the only thing he had was the scars in his hands, feet, and his side. And as that would be enough to show you uh, I can be the savior of the world, and uh, or I am the savior of the world. And so uh, when uh, we go through these things, God is uh, uh, using us so we can minister to the others who are Enduring their own less than ideal circumstances. We know people all the time who are going through things. And just as God intends and intended to receive glory through Dan's life, he wants to and plans to receive glory in our lives as well. That's what he wants. Uh, As time passed on in Dan's life, the problems remain. Uh, Bilhah eventually gives birth to a second son, Naphtali. Rachel continues to view childbearing as a competition with her sister. And Bilhah is caught in the middle. Leah eventually brought her own servant. She said, well, two can play at that game. Now Jacob's got four wives, Zilpah, into the mix, further complicating the family dynamics, and it is very likely that Dan and his younger brother were caught in the crossfire. God finally gives Rachel a son that was truly her own, Joseph, and it quickly becomes apparent that Rachel's biological son was Jacob's favorite. We know that he was. Uh, Dan, the child of a household servant, uh, he could only hope for that uh, status. I don't even know how much interaction Rachel had anymore with these kids after um, that uh, Joseph was born. But years later, as Jacob was uh, dying, and, uh, he calls his sons to his bedside so they could hear his final words. So think about how think about all of the children from the handmaid on either side on Leah's side or Rachel's side don't you think they probably felt like outsiders in their own home? Because there's no way that they were as close to their mom or their dad as those that were the natural. Those those first boys that Leah birthed and then Joseph and, of course, Benjamin later uh, that uh, Rachel gave birth to, I mean, there's no way they felt the same connection. And so... I don't know how awkward it was to be standing there that day, uh, knowing that he was about to pass. They were probably thinking, well, we'll probably just wait at the end of the line because he's going to hand out all the good stuff and we're going to get the scraps. You know, it's uh, not going to be probably really a great day for us. But as Dan stood there listening, as the father, Jacob, spoke over each boy's, when it comes his turn, this is what Jacob says: this "Is what we read earlier, Genesis forty nine sixteen Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel." I don't know if that shocked him. Maybe uh, Rachel had told him something about why he was named. I don't know why he was named Dan. But Jacob's final prophetic pronouncements reaffirmed Dan's purpose. And it also confirmed that while Dan was still the son of a servant girl uh, and not truly Rachel's, that he and his offspring had a place among the tribes of Israel. No matter what circumstances he was born into, he was still now included in the people of God. Well, you know, the scripture says there were a time that we were not even, even a people, but now we are the people of God. Why is that? Because God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. The Bible says we have received the spirit of adoption. He, he, he took us out of this world, uh, us being Gentiles, and took us out of this world and grafted us into the body. And, uh, and we stand by faith now, but we are just as grafted in as Israel. We are being fed by the same vine that Israel was being fed by. And we may have been wild olive branches at once, but now we have grafted into the good. And guess what? When you graft a wild olive branch into a good olive tree, it begins to bear good olives. Not, it doesn't still bear wild olives. So God can take us out of that wild, wild place that we were in and make us to be part of the body. Uh, Dan... He was just a I mean he he was a solution to a problem that Rachel had. And it wasn't even a good solution. But God can take things that whether they line up with his will, whether they were according to his word, he can do whatever he wants to do with anybody. And when we were living contrary to the word of God and doing our own thing. He can take what we did that was wrong, and we can turn around and use it for what was right. right. Yeah, that's what he'll do, and that's he, he'll fulfill a purpose. Says, you know what? I'll take this kid right here, and I will repurpose him, Amen. and I will make him able to, you know. Have you ever just looked you know, at a, you know, you know what a pallet is? Sure you do. you ever just looked at a pallet and thought, you know what? I can sit down and eat off that. But you don't, not if you've seen some, they in seen some in back stock rooms and stuff where they're filthy and dirty, been on trucks riding all over the place. People walk on them, step on them, spit on them, everything else, you know. But somebody will take that, that thing and sand it down and paint it and do something out, Throw a tablecloth over it and guess what? Before you know it, you sit down eating on it. Because you took something that was nasty and messed up and ugly and finished it refinished it, repurposed it made it into something that could be used and that's what God does with us yes. he takes the people like us that didn't know him that didn't live for him lived as a matter of fact just lived as opposite of him as we could and said given the chance that kid right there is going to pastor a church going to preach the gospel going to baptize people you know there's no way that that thought was ever in my head, not ever, not ever. I never, ever, ever even thought I would go to church after, I mean, I went somewhere with my family when I was younger. and But then when I was old enough to make the decision, there, there was no more of that, no no more of that church business going on. Man, I was living my life running wild, doing what I wanted to do. And, and I can promise you, while I was laying passed out somewhere or, or driving home barely able to, to see or, you know, Lighten up another one, you know. I, hey, I sure didn't think, hey, one day I'll lay all this down and just go preach the word and help people. But God said, just give me a chance, and I'll show you what I can do. And so, so here I am in in all my dysfunction, and uh, and many of us can associate. We can associate what Paul said, and such were some of you. We we know what we were. But now you are washed and sanctified and justified. And God is using us for his glory. And so uh, as uh, disciples to, to God, uh, to the kingdom of God, uh, you know, we, we must realize that God will fulfill a purpose in us just like he did in Dan, even though Dan came out of a super dysfunctional family. Given his circumstances, uh, this would have been very reassuring to hear Jacob speak these words in the presence of his brothers. And I'm sure that his wives were there as well. His father confirmed that he had a future in the family, that he would not be cast out, but rather he would serve in a place of prominence as a judge. And Jacob didn't know it uh, at that time, of course. There's no way he could have, but Dan's most well-known ancestor. Anybody know who that is? It's Samson. And Samson was a judge over Israel. And, uh, you know, he was one of the most prominent judges over Israel. Guess what, Samuel or Samson had his faults as well. But uh, when Jacob looked at Dan uh, at that last moment of life when he was prophesying over him and speaking in his life, he didn't see the result of Rachel's trickery. He saw a son with potential and purpose. And when God looks at you and I, when He looks at someone that hits this altar, and they're coming, to, they're coming to their place of, of death, where they're repenting of their sins. He doesn't just see everything. Oh, all I see is what the, He sees. What they're gonna be. Well, they come out of that water washed and washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. And when he fills it with his spirit, he, he's not looking at, at that drug addict anymore, that alcoholic, that, uh, that, that, that uh, fighter, that thief, that murderer. He's not looking at that anymore. He, he's looking at what they can be for the kingdom. He, he just sees, the, he sees another light of the world. He sees more salt for the earth. He sees another son or daughter and, and as soon as they're filled with his spirit, he's like it's it's done by the book yes. we are now his, and we belong to him. so he saw a, just like Jacob saw a, a son with potential and purpose that's what God sees in you and I no matter what we think about ourselves, I'm sure that uh that Jay, or that Dan probably had some self-esteem issues uh, who wouldn't? I'm sure that they, all the natural sons were probably always kind of looking down on them, talking down on them, different things like that. But it, it, it happens, you know, that happens sometimes in our lives. We get like that. We we walk into a church, or especially when you first come into church sometimes, you may feel like, man, I know, you know, God's being real good to them, but I'm just not like everybody else here. I mean, they're all, man, they've been doing this forever. Some of them were raised in church, man. They're a lot better than I am, and, and they, you know they it's the you know they their families have been in this church for generations, and they just they belong here. And i I feel like I'm an outsider in here. You, you, you ever felt like that? Oh, when we you know when we first joined the organization, uh, and we would go to those first meetings. Well, everybody in those meetings knew the knew everybody. They grew up together. They'd been in church. They'd been in since youth camps together. Now they're all pastoring together and and They've been doing that all their life, and here comes the new kid on the block. Don't know anything about any of that, just trying to fit in. And, and I would find myself sitting back, not saying anything, and just because I felt out of place. Didn't feel like I fit in. Didn't feel like I belonged and, and, uh, you know, and stuff. But, but you know, God was using me the same way he was using them. And so, uh, you know, if you, if you want friends, then be friendly. And if you want fellowship, then reach out. And and I started just breaking through some of my uh, introvert self and just started talking to people and, and, you know, going out to eat with them, things like that. We made great friends, and so glad we did. We've got some of the, the greatest people I've ever met since we've been in the organization. I mean, it's just been tremendous. And so it's not about, you know, well, do I deserve to be there? Yes, you do, because God put you there. And Dan deserved to be there because God let him be there. Jacob said, God's the one that shuts the womb or opens it, and it ain't in my power. So if God allowed Bilhah, if he didn't like this, he could say, you know what, I even, I'm not going to let Bilhah conceive." But it's not her fault she's in this mess. It's her master's fault. And so I'm going to give her a child, and I'm not going to just let that child get cast to the side. I'm going to put purpose in him, and he will be a judge. And so the reality is that God has a purpose for each one of us. He looks past our faults and our flaws and our less than stellar circumstances, and then he sees what we can become. He knows what we are capable of accomplishing, and then he calls out the best in each of us. Paul said it like this in Ephesians 2 and 10, that we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now before him, everything we do is vanity and it's it's a mess. But after him, after that new birth, after we come to him, uh, we are created unto good works. We've got purpose because our new birth was not the result of a man or a woman's manipulation. See, Dan's birth was, was because of manipulation, but our new birth was not by manipulation, but rather the intention of a loving Heavenly Father who created and called us to do great things for his glory. And so uh, you remember that. When, you, when you've when you been born again, it's more than I just followed some steps in the Scripture. This was the intention that God had for us. He said, I want you. That's why Jesus said you must be born again, born of water, born of the Spirit, so that you can enter into and see what the kingdom of God and what you can do for the kingdom of God. And so we have purpose. The reality uh, that, that God has for us it far surpasses the reality that we see for ourselves. God's got so much more for us. Now, when Jacob prophesied, uh, he, he also prophesied in the manner which Dan would judge or avenge, that Dan would ultimately not fulfill his purpose through brute strength or force of will, uh, but rather through being subtle and cunning. Um, and what he said in Genesis 49 and 17 is that when I said this earlier, just because he said he was a serpent doesn't mean he's wicked. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heel so that his rider shall fall backward. Now Jacob could not have known that centuries later, Dan's descendants would overthrow Laish and slaughter its inhabitants. This is in Judges 18. And they were fulfilling this prop- prophecy in part because like an unwary horseman proceeding down a path, The residents of Laish were unsuspecting of danger until an attack force from the tribe of Dan descended on their city and wiped them out. They were ambushed, just like a snake will do a horse and a rider. Jacob closed the portion of his prophecy that applied to Dan by exclaiming, I have waited for thy salvation. Now, some uh, people have interpreted that as a brief prayer for God's help. Uh, but maybe it's more to the fact that he was reminding his son that ultimately advancement and victory come through God's power, not through scheming and trickery. Don't be like your parents. (laughs) Don't do what they did. Uh, It it makes a mess. And so so he was telling him after he told him what he would do, how, how he would do, he says, I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. He was instructing him, wait on God. Because Dan had been raised by parents who constantly relied on underhanded tactics uh, to get ahead. Their Deceitful strategies were usually almost always at odd with God's plan. And as previously noted, Dan was born to a household servant as a result of a scheme hatched by Rachel to one-up her sister when Rachel later had two children of her own, Dan and his brother Naphtali undoubtedly were relegated to the second tier in the family hierarchy because they were not the natural children. So considering this, perhaps Jacob's final words of prophecy were God's way of reminding Dan that relying on tricks and schemes would only end in trouble. Instead, Dan was to wait on God, rely on God's power to fulfill his purpose in his life. And that's it. You can't take shortcuts. You know, Jesus said in one place, I'm the door. Any man that gets in any other way, I don't want to be a thief or a robber. I don't want to be be trying to uh, trick my way in or sneak my way in. I just go through the door. So as Dan stood at his dying father's bedside and listened to these words, um, maybe he was reminded of the meaning of his name, Judge, what his mother had spoken over him as a baby was now confirmed by his dying father. She spoke it as he came into the world and then as his father was dying and leaving this world, he confirmed it. His life had a purpose. He was born to serve as a judge. But Dan and his descendants soon would discover a very important truth and this is another thing that we must learn, that others may point us toward our purpose but only we can realize the fulfillment of that purpose. We can have people... Put us in the right direction, but we 've got to walk it we 're the ones who have to take the steps to fulfill it. Uh, if the prophecies and promises spoken to us and over us are ever going to come to pass, we must move in the direction of their fulfillment. No retreat, no backing up uh, we 're not of them that that draw back, but we 're those that believe into the saving of the soul. so most of god 's promises come with a similar condition. Uh, God gave a very familiar promise to Solomon. We quoted a lot, especially within the last year we have uh, at the dedication of his temple in 2 Chronicles 7.14. He said, if my people will, then I will. If my people will, then I will. If they'll pray, if they'll do their part, I'll do my part. So uh, it's not just, hey, how come God ain't showing up? Or, Are we doing our part? How come... Um, things are not opening up yet. Sometimes it is timing, but sometimes we need to make sure I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing to get there. So uh, most of us need someone in our life who reminds us of our promises and our purpose and encourages us to pursue them. Uh, I try to do that to you young ministers and and young people in the church to, to just go after God. Uh, The young pastor Timothy was blessed to have such a mentor in his life, the Apostle Paul, who wrote to him and said in 1 Timothy 4 and 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy. Uh, It was given to you by, don't neglect, you know, just because it was given through supernatural uh, avenues, through prophecy, through the word of God, through uh, someone uh, using the gift of the word of knowledge, it came to you. By supernatural means, that does not mean you can neglect it; right. that it'll just take care of itself. Uh, so we we must make sure that we don't neglect the gift that is put in us. Paul wanted uh, Timothy to live up to his potential, and Paul provided, uh, of course, in those books First and Second Timothy, great instruction as to what the young man needed to do in that. And so, uh, as we continue. Here's the thing is as we, you know, when we're young, we're full of zeal, and we're like, hey, let's, let's, let's get at it. Let's do it. got my hand on the plow, not looking back. I mean, let's do it. But as we get older, we don't need to lose uh, the understanding that we still have purpose. I feel that, you know, even in Jacob's uh, dying days on the day of his death, Uh, he spoke, he he had purpose in those men's life, in those boys' lives, and he spoke into their lives right there at the end to confirm who they were and what they would do. And it it was until his last breath that he stopped fulfilling his purpose. And so, uh, you know, in Israel's story, we'll find uh, the story of the Israelites uh, going out to spy the land. Of course, they come back and most of the people are like, no way, we can't do it. But Joshua and Caleb are like, let's go. We're well able to take this place. But uh, the other people cried and carried on and persuaded the other ones. And, and so God said, now you're going to wander 40 years until all these guys that did not believe until they die. But when it gets time to go back into the prom- promised land, we need to make sure we've got the attitude of Caleb as we continue to age and advance in our years. He still believed that he had more to accomplish. There's nothing worse than feeling like you don't have a purpose. But when people feel like they've got something to live for, something to do, man, it gives you something to to get up every morning, something to do. So he had received a promise from God as a much younger man, and he refused to rest until he saw it fulfilled. And then at the age of 85, this is what he said, Joshua 14 and 12 Give me this mountain that the Lord spake of. Give me this mountain. God told me I could have it. God said it was mine. So give me this mountain that the Lord spake of. I want to have what God has promised me. I don't have it yet. I'm not going to die until I have all that God has promised me. So if God promised you a mountain, don't settle for a rest home. If God promised you a mountain, don't stop until you fulfill the purpose for which you were called. Don't let don't let your past, don't let things that don't let things that are going wrong. You know what? Every day you may walk into your house and be like, "Man, this is chaos." Every day, okay, but you don't have to be affected by the chaos. Uh, you can be what God called you to be. There is enough power in the Holy Ghost. There's enough power uh, in serving God that you can live for God despite anything else. Paul said, I've got thorns in my flesh. Sure would love for you to move them, God. I ain't going to do it because my grace is sufficient. And uh, so I, I can, you, you, know, you can serve me even with thorns in your flesh. You can do. And so what did Paul say when he was done? I finished my course. Yeah. He finished with thorns in his flesh. I fought a good fight with thorns in my flesh. I kept the faith with thorns in my flesh. And now I'm going to glory. I'll leave these thorns here when I die, these thorns. You don't carry them thorns to heaven. Uh, you, you leave them here, but but you can live for God successfully and fulfill the purpose that God's got for you even with those thorns. So let's uh, learn a lesson from Dan, born under some crazy circumstances, home life, crazy, two crazy mamas, you know, just just. Uh, dad stuck in the middle. I mean, he you know, it's. Uh, if you think uh, Jacob would have took some days off, man, I'm going, I'm going on a hunting trip or something. I got to get away from it. But that was it. That was that was the family, and uh, but still one of the tribes. Still one of the tribes. Praise God. Let's stand together this morning and thank the Lord for making us apart. As we get ready to close in prayer, just want you to think about where God brought you from and then realize that it doesn't matter where it was. It doesn't matter what has happened, that he called you for a purpose. And God wants to see you fulfill that purpose. He wants to see it happen in your life. Let's lift our hands and pray together this morning. Lord, we love you so much today. We thank you. For calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. That you have adopted us into the body. And that now with the spirit of Christ we are the sons and daughters of God. Lord, help us to walk upright every day to serve you. And fulfill the purpose, Lord, that you have for each one of us. I know we all have a ministry. Somebody, there's somewhere that that we need to speak to. That we need to minister to. God, help us to fulfill our purpose. Lord, so at the end of our life we can say, I have finished my course, fought a good fight, and I have kept the faith. We love you. We thank you. And blessed be your name forever. Glory to God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Be encouraged. You belong to the master. Praise God. Praise God. So we're going to learn some good stuff on the these next three lessons I've kind of skimmed through them and it looks like it's going to be some good stuff so so don't miss 11 o'clock Bible study it's going to be good stuff God bless you let's find a place to pray before the next service